Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Last Drinks. I'm going to keep this intro short because I just want you to hear the expertise of Australia's number one sleep expert, Olivia Arazzolo, who is my guest this week. Oh, and before we dive into this podcast episode, I also just wanted to mention that I am facilitating a Sunday Sober Brunch event. So it's a collaboration between myself and my wonderful friend, Mel Watkins. Uh, She has been a guest on my podcast and we are putting together a Sunday brunch at Chin Chin in Sydney. So if you're in Sydney... You'd love to come along. Uh, There will be goodie bags and a copy of my book for everybody who attends. And I'm also going to facilitate, I guess, like a little keynote, like a miniature keynote on how to socialize sober. So it's a sober networking event. People who will be there are sober curious. Uh, They want to know how to network and socialize and engage with other humans without drinking and without feeling totally awkward. And trust me, I have been there. So if you want to come to that, all the details for that will be put in the podcast show notes for this specific episode. Or you can just go to my Instagram at Maz Compton and have a look through. It's probably one of the most recent posts. So click on that. Uh, There's a link to buy your tickets. Come with a couple of friends If you've never been in an environment with people and no alcohol, this would be a really cool little social experiment for you to do with a couple of your mates. So if you want to come along, um, hang out for a morning at a really fancy restaurant and learn a few sort of bits about how you can maybe, you know, get a little bit closer to sobriety if it's something that you're interested in, I encourage you to get some tickets and and join me. It's on the 2nd of July in Sydney. So I would love to see you there. Olivia and I have been trying to lock in this podcast chat pretty much since I started this podcast. She has a really busy schedule. Uh, She is one of the most in-demand sleep experts in the country. I absolutely love her. She is quoted heavily in my book and features in a big part of one of the chapters of my book. So I'm very grateful to her. And she is going to tell you how you can get back to sleep if you wake up in the middle of the night. It is a an absolute plan. 
She also has a signature bedtime routine that she has curated that she shares with me that I am passing on to you. So if you guys are having trouble sleeping or getting back to sleep, oh my gosh, you're going to absolutely lap this up. Enjoy Last Drinks with Australia's number one sleep expert, Olivia Arizolo, and sweet dreams, everybody. Okay, sleep quality. Can we start with what is a good quality sleep and how do we get it? We can definitely start with what is sleep quality because it's such an important um, consideration because I feel like a lot of people get really obsessive about the hours of number, the hours they sleep with. It's really a great concern, you know, how many hours of sleep do I need? However, there's not such a great um, concern around what is the quality of those hours that I'm sleeping. And as an expert, that is actually what is of greater importance, the quality, not the quantity. And how do we know that we are getting deep quality sleep or quality sleep? We are spending sufficient time in slow wave and REM sleep. These are our deep sleep stages and they are responsible for the cellular recovery that we need to feel restored and rejuvenated the next day. Um, It's also during slow wave sleep slow wave sleep that our brains detoxify from beta amyloid a neurotoxin to contribute to brain fog and memory loss and long-term Alzheimer's disease. Yeah and so for people who are listening to this episode and they're like what do you mean there's a few stages of sleep like can we just go even like further back and start with like I guess the sleep basics and I, I know this because I've studied a little bit of psychology, you know this because this is what you do. Um, but we we sleep, we have sleep cycles, and in a in a sleep cycle, we go through certain levels of sleep. Can you just explain, like, just really briefly, what that looks like? Mm-hmm. So when we go, when we um, when we're sleeping, we moved in through ninety minute sleep stages. The first sleep stage is stage one, non-REM sleep. This is when we are dozing. We can probably notice sounds and we're easily disturbed. Um, Then we move, as we fall into a deeper sleep, we go into stage two, non-REM sleep. As you can see, the sleep scientists are really uh, creative with their their names. (laughs) When we're in um, when we're in stage two non-REM sleep, there is a component of cellular recovery and um, memory consolidation. So it is hugely beneficial to spend time in that sleep stage. However, the real the real juice, the real uh, the sweet stuff that we really crave, and the what helps us feel our best mentally, physically, what provides this capacity to detoxify our brains ultimately from um, beta amyloid. It re, uh, regenerates our neurotransmitters such as serotonin and dopamine to enable us to feel happy and alert the next day, as well as um, help support the production of human growth hormone. 70% of that is produced in slow wave sleep. Um, so this is slow wave sleep that we need in order to, you know, feel our best physically, mentally, 
cognitively. Um, so I think for people that that is just so helpful to understand like there's 90 minute cycles there's all these certain layers and like levels of sleep and the ones that we want to spend the the time in are those slow wave sleep stages and so when when we drink alcohol oh sorry 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 I um correct you do want to spend time in slow wave sleep however there's also a deep sleep stage that is called REM sleep and that is also um, extremely valuable for our rest, rest recuperation, our emotional balance. What they've found is when we spend less time in REM sleep, we become irritated and angry. <laughs> now, it was interesting because this study, it actually tested, they deprived people of total sleep. They deprived people of, then they separated the groups into those deprived of total sleep versus those deprived only of REM sleep. Now they found that it was specifically the the reduction in REM sleep, not, not just total sleep, that was responsible for this um, irritation and feelings of anger. they actually had a greater perception of they had a negativity bias so what this means is they're more likely to perceive events as negative compared to those who were um who had sufficient REM sleep that perceived events as more neutral um that's so, so interesting it's super super interesting so um it is of greatest value for us to spend sufficient time in slow wave sleep and REM sleep um, so when people are having a couple of wines to get themselves off to sleep I feel that the purpose for and I did this too when I used to drink I um I was so chaotic in my head and my um overactive mind and there was so much going on in my head that I, I feel like I used alcohol to like numb it black it out and lay down and get me off to sleep but that wasn't giving me that deep sleep because I would then wake up an hour later and need to go to the bathroom and then I'd be up and I'd be fit so I think and and you would know like how damaging can having those interruptions in our night sleep be because we've consumed alcohol extremely extremely problematic um so essentially what alcohol does is it suppresses rem sleep now that's that sleep stage that i've just mentioned is really important to make sure that we aren't angry and irritated and perceiving everything in our experience as negative so that's the sleep stage that particularly is suppressed. Now, when we are um, waking up through the night, this is also a problem because when we, when we wake up, the thing is that many of us, especially when you wake up from alcohol, you often experience a surge in a stress hormone called cortisol because it elevates in order to compensate for the Um, sedation that the nervous system experiences when you are drinking Mm. and what happens is this means that when you wake after alcohol you don't just wake and you know you feel a bit dozy actually because this stress hormone um, creates states of anxiety we often wake feeling really anxious and as a result of that we often struggle to get back to sleep 
So it's not only the waking through the night problem per se, when it is due to alcohol, the wakings through the night are often quite abrupt. Mm-hmm. They, we feel really anxious. And as a result of that, we struggle to get back to sleep. So it also compromises our ability to return to sleep and therefore our ability to get sufficient sleep. It's very different to a nighttime waking that might just be caused by going to the bathroom, for example. Which I think um, without alcohol, some people do wake up in the night to go to the bathroom, but um, it's normal. They can get back to sleep. They can get back into that deep, deep sleep. Um, But when you've got alcohol in the mix, it just, it does just, it really messes with every system in our body. This is the more conversations I have with experts about alcohol. I'm like, it really just messes with it. It messes with our brain chemistry, our physiology, our biochemistry, our sleep. And then, you know, the first thing I say to my four-year-old when he's in a grumpy mood, I'm like, oh, you just you just need a little bit more sleep. But I feel like I can say that as an adult to my adult self too when I know it affects me so heavily. And so what are some things that we can do for people who are listening who are like, yeah, I have a glass of wine to get me off to sleep and maybe that's not such a great idea. What are some other things we could do instead of that to set up a really great sleep hygiene routine um, to get us uh, to get us, you know, to a full night of quality sleep. A solid bedtime routine that doesn't include wine. Yes, that is definitely what we recommend. And this is my number one recommendation for anyone wanting to fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, wake up more refreshed, wake up less through the night. Um, it's called my signature bedtime routine and it starts with blocking out blue light by using blue light glasses. Sexy. They're sexy. Now. They're so sexy. Oh, because they're really trendy. Please. I actually look quite great. I love so when you say blue light, is that the light emitted from our screens? Yes. Okay. Screens. <laughs> my, sorry, my dog is into Happy. No, no, it's all Sit good. My, my dog will be barking soon, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Um, so blue light, where does it stem from? It stems from screens, devices, Kindles, TVs, ceiling lights, lamps. Oh, everything. Yes, any, sor- any, any source of artificial light unless it is blue light free, which is only if you've actually ordered blue light free lights. Okay. That will emit blue light. The main problem with blue light is it suppresses melatonin and sleepiness hormone. Melatonin is the main hormone that helps us fall and stay asleep in a similar okay. way that adrenaline is the main is one of the main hormones to make us get up and do things and feel alert and energized. Yeah. Melatonin, when, when it is in high levels in our body, we naturally feel sleepy and tired. Now, the problem is that melatonin and, you know, our ancestors didn't account for the fact that in future years we would be very clever, smart individuals and have this development of artificial light. Mm. Now, the thing is that this, uh, this system that essentially is that the brain understands when it is dark, melatonin is high, therefore I am tired and sleep. When it is light, melatonin is low. And therefore, I am alert and awake. 
Now, this was great before the advent of artificial lights and even greater before the advent of artificial lights that we could take into our devices and have five centimeters away from our faces. But now that we have these devices, this Mm. is the reason why so many people are experiencing sleep problems. And if you look at the research, there's actually a correlation between the rise of artificial lights and the omnipresence of devices with sleep problems. Now, just to quantify it, those that have been, those that are using a phone in the last hour before bed are 48% more likely to take over an hour to fall asleep. Those that are using a computer in the hour before bed are 52% more likely to take over an hour to fall asleep. It was a big problem and it's yeah. it also doesn't just cause problems falling asleep but also staying asleep. Now, I mentioned before that when we have uh, too much cortisol, when our cortisol increases through the night, which can be due to um, alcohol from the night before, then we are more mm. likely to wake up. When our cortisol elevates significantly through the night, we will naturally wake up. Now, it's also important to know that blue light also enhances cortisol levels. So if you are on a screen before bed, then your baseline levels of cortisol will be elevated. And so then when... You still with me? Yeah, it just froze for, it just froze for half a second. There you yeah, um, that's okay. Um, okay. Um, you, yeah, you were at. Um, so you the blue light elevates cortisol. Yeah, in blue the body light elevates cortisol. So if you are having struggling, sorry, if you're having problems with waking up through the night, one of the best things you can do is minimize all all exposure to blue light prior to bed because this reduces your levels of cortisol which therefore reduces the likelihood that you'll wake up through the night now wow very interesting right it is it's so interesting and because i think most people are like i know that being on my phone before bed isn't good but people don't understand why they don't understand the science behind it and then it's messing with our hormones and our systems so are you said so what i guess I feel like it's it's unrealistic to be like, don't be on a computer, don't be on a phone before your bedtime, uh, you know, for hours and hours because most people watch TV before bed. It's wind-down time. Like it is a part of our existence. So the the glasses you can wear while you're on your device and it's going to stop that blue light messing with your melatonin production. Short answer, yes. Long answer, yes, with a but. Yes, with a but, you need to have 100% blue light blocking. See how these have a beautiful orange tinge? This means they're 100% blue light blocking. Most people that I speak to have clear lenses that are blue light blocking and they say, well, I've got, I've got blue light blocking glasses and they show me and they clear lenses. And I say, well, this is actually only blocking maximum of 50%. Another common um, myth around blue light glasses is that 
the blue light filters in prescription lenses, again, that they are 100% blue light blocking, no, Mm. they're 50% at a maximum. If they're transparent, they do not block out 100% of blue light. And so if you only have this version of blue light blocking glasses, you're essentially half as protected as you need to be. So, yes, it's better than nothing. However, it's not going to um, completely preserve your production of melatonin and that is the leading sleep hormone so okay that that's uh that's one i guess concern another another thing that people often misbelieve is that night mode is sufficient you know they're like oh i've got night mode on my phone or flux on my computer it makes so night mode on a phone without night mode your melatonin is suppressed by 23% with night mode it's suppressed by 19% (laughs) great marketing apple great I mean great so I guess um yeah so people people do your research right like again knowledge is power so now that people have you know by listening to this they're aware of blue light and there are blue light blocking agents out there and make sure you do your research to ensure that you are protecting yourself properly um, is, is a key. So, okay, so we've got our blue light blocking glasses on. What are we doing next? Are we putting some lavender in a diffuser? How did you know that was step two? Because that's what I do. <laughs> step two, diffuse lavender. Yes. Diffuse I've lavender. got a spray. Oh, it's um, so yeah, it's an essential oil. Um, so it's it's a you know, a proper essential oil, none of the cheap stuff, in a little spray bottle and I spray it on my pillow um, and and then I alternate. Sometimes I pop some in the diffuser next to my bed, but the lavender before sleep, I, I've done it forever. I don't know why. I've just always kind of done it, but I, I feel like it does something good. <laughs> it does. It does. It is sleep expert certified for sure. So um, what lavender does is it activates our parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us feel more relaxed. Um, If you want to loop back to waking through the night, when we have greater parasympathetic dominance of our nervous system, our cortisol levels are lower. So this doesn't just help you fall asleep, but stay asleep as well. Mm. So lavender is a great one. And ideally you want to dab it on your pulse points, diffuse it, just create an absolute lavender, bathe in lavender, lavender-infused everything. Um, that's 100% what I'd recommend. That's, that's step two. I think that when um, I think when I was pregnant, I read a drop of lavender in your baby's bath is a really calming. I think that's where the lavender thing started for me. And ever since, and I don't necessarily have a very calm child. He's four and he's a tornado. But I, when he was a baby, I would always put a drop of lavender, essential lavender oil in his bath. And in, in my head as a mother, I was like, this is giving him all of those calming vibes. <laughs> it does. It, it, it genuinely has a, um, a physiological effect on the nervous system. So, um, yeah, it's... It's a really great simple trick and it's mm. a science-based one that works. So great. Um, that's what we want. You know, you want to actually have strategies that are backed by science. Yes. And this is what each of these steps um, includes. So step one, block out blue light, wear blue light with glasses, two hours before bed. Step two is to use lavender. 
Step three is to disconnect from tech because although you cannot be on, you cannot, it's understandable that for hours before bed, you aren't going to use a device or a TV. Mm. One hour before bed is a reasonable time frame for most individuals to say, okay, I've had my fun and games now. It's time to really unwind. So I have a step three is disconnect from tech. At this time, put your phone on charge in another room. If that is too tempting for you, put it in a lockbox. If that's still too tempting for you, put the lockbox in a really inconvenient place, like behind a chair. Make it hard for you to reach your to use your phone, and in doing so, you are less likely to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people the pushback on that would be, but my alarm's on my phone that wakes me up in the morning. But you can yeah. get a clock radio. Like, let's take yeah. it back to the nineties before right. smartphones were around. Yeah, there's great inventions that have dated back since even before phones were invented called alarm clocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they sound like the alarm on your phone. It's really weird. okay yeah and the thing is you know it's that's not a the problem with our phones isn't ever going to change and it's Mm. not just the blue light there's actually so much mental stimulation that we get even if even if those screens are on like black and white and the light is um super dark we still get a lot of mental excitement from being on our phones and so therefore it's more that's why it's it is it heightens our time taken to fall asleep and mm. can cut into our sleep time. So cutting out your phone one hour before bed and all devices from that matter one hour before bed, that's step three. Okay. Um, after that, I recommend having an evening shower. Um, this helps the body produce melatonin, that sleepiness hormone that I've mentioned. Now you want to make sure it's a lukewarm shower and not too long because essentially what happens is when the core body temperature drops after moving from a warmer shower to a cooler bathroom, we experience an increase in melatonin because that is a catalyst for melatonin production. Yeah, right. So a lukewarm shower. Lukewarm shower. Because I, so I have a cold shower in the morning at four in the morning when I get up which a lot of people think I'm a bit nuts for doing that, but I, I've learned to love it because um, I've read a bit of research about cold immersion therapy and it's so good for so many things and I'm like straight up in the morning, that's what I do. But if I'm having a shower at night, it, it's so hot that <laughs> you like it could set fire to my skin. And so <laughs> I don't know why I do. I, I'm either like freezing cold in the shower or burning like burning burning but I my commitment will be to make the shower lukewarm and less like a fireball in the evening because that might help the melatonin production please less fire I don't know why I do it anyway I think it's my mom anyway whatever (laughs) okay so we're having a lukewarm shower and not too long um what's the next step next step is to use a magnesium based sleep supplement uh, magnesium is the primary mineral to relax the muscles and remember the brain is a muscle as well so if you're finding it hard to switch off then mm. magnesium can be really helpful um, it's also been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 31 percent so and there, are there two types of magnesium because i feel like the magnesium supplement i use there's like a nighttime one and then another one and you don't want to get the wrong one at night is that right there is literally hundreds of forms of magnesium. So 
<laughs> not just two. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but it, it, it's true though because a lot of um, brands do have a night formulation and a just general day formulation, I suppose. Um, so essentially what you want to look for is um, magnesium glycinate, biglycinate, diglycinate, magnesium citrate. These they- forms are really beneficial for sleep. Um, a lot of the make a lot of the quality magnesium blends also will include like a herbal formula such as passionflower, hops, lemon balm, um, sour cherry. Now these have been used in traditional herbal medicine to improve sleep quality. So many of the blends that I recommend have those um, both both quality magnesium in the right form as well as that um, those supportive elements as well and um if we're doing like an oral powder in a drink how close to bedtime do you want to have that to get the effects and is that then going to impact you needing to wee at three in the morning i think with an oral powder you usually don't need too much water like 100 mil 150 mil is fine that Mm. shouldn't have a major impact on you know needing to use the bathroom Uh, i i recommend 30 minutes before bed okay cool uh are there two more steps it's seven seven steps two more two more let's go next one is read a book such as mine oh my gosh i wish (laughs) but yes and an actual book not a kindle an actual book Correct. The thing is that remember, Kindles have blue light. Blue yeah. light is melatonin. This is a problem. Um, so you want a printed book, and this is because reading has been found to reduce stress by sixty-eight percent, with the effects starting in just six minutes. What? Um, which is really powerful. Yeah, that was a two thousand and twelve study. So that's amazing. Two thousand and nine study. So that was that was that's really interesting. And the thing is that the main reason I actually put it's the main reason I put in reading a book into the bedtime routine is because it answers the question well if I'm not on my phone what am I doing correct yeah and also just on that um you don't have to read the whole book right like I feel that people get really pressured when it's like read a book you don't have to read the whole chapter you could just try six minutes yeah Exactly. Because you know what? It's so true, right? Like you do, I'm thinking back to, I mean, I haven't read a book for a, a long time, but I, and I do love reading when I have the time, but it does make you sleepy and you are a bit like, oh, I better fold the page because I'm, yeah. And you don't have, there's no pressure on how much you read. You just read to like get yourself off to sleep. But that's, yeah, that's a really cool one for people, I think, because there's something really nice about holding that tangible book and the smell of the pages and we mm. miss out on all of that with our smartphones yeah. and our tech, right? Definitely, definitely. I, uh, my personal favourite, I like reading travel books because I'm um, planning my upcoming Europe Europe trip to Italy so I've got a book which has Amazing. all these beautiful Italian landscapes and I, I oh. just get, you know, my, my brain, as soon as I, I start reading this, it drifts. Trust me, it drifts off from all of the days, thinking about the days, because all I am doing is looking at this crystal blue water and it's oh. so beautiful. 
So that's like my, uh, that, that's one. Otherwise, I like reading recipe books and I get excited about all the food that I'm going to cook for, you know, my friends and when I'm hosting my next dinner party. Yes, two great suggestions. And then what's our final step? Final step is to wear an eye mask. Um, so, yeah, wearing an eye mask, just like you need to reduce light before bed, you need to also reduce it during the night in order to make sure that melatonin stays um, produced as it needs to be. Now, the, I love, um, I think if anybody is like, that's so many steps, like just try one. You know, like I, I think people can get overwhelmed with like, I've got to do the signature bedtime routine. It's like, no, no, no. Here, here's a bunch of tools and it's like a tasting plate. Like just try one and see how it works for you. And if that's helping you get off to sleep sooner and having better quality sleep, then that's an upgrade and that's an improvement. And as much as getting off to sleep is so important, do you have any tips for chronic snooze button pushes in the morning after you've had sleep? How do you get yourself out of bed? Because some people really struggle to get out of bed. Do you have a tip? So you want multiple alarms, one of which can be just next to your your head so then you actually hear it. And the other one is on the other side of the room, so you have to get up to turn it off. Okay, so that's where having your, if you're charging your phone in another room overnight and the alarm's on the phone, that's yep. where that can help you out because you do physically have to get out of bed to turn off the alarm yeah. and then don't turn around and go to bed again. No, 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 no. I think um, that's one thing. I think also it's really important to have something to look forward to when you're waking up. It sounds like a really like basic consideration, but I know that for me I am a morning person because I look forward to going to the gym or going for a walk or going to see sunrise. It's it's my daily routine and it's something that genuinely I get excited about getting up about. Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, before we before we started this, I hurt my foot recently in a in an accident. And for you know for, for the first week, because I could barely walk because my oh. toe was broken, it was so difficult to get up out of bed because I'm like, I can't go to the gym. Yeah. I can't go to the walk. I, I can't. It was awful. And, you know, it was really a lot easier just to want to just lay in bed all morning because I didn't have anything I was motivated to get up for. So I think, you know, if you're struggling to get up out of bed, you need to ask yourself, what am I excited about doing this morning? That's such a great question. And I think also sometimes for some people having an accountability partner is a really good one to make a plan with a friend to go for a walk um you know and then you if if you would let yourself down in that moment you might not let your friend down do you know what I mean like I when I used to live in a share house one of my girlfriends Mel um she would sleep till midday if she could like she just loves loves the sleep loves the sleep in but we would, I would say, hey, let's go and do a 6 a.m. spin class at the gym together. And she has told me this so many times over the years. She's like, I did not want to do a spin class, but I did not want to let you down right. more than I didn't want to do the spin class. So I got out of bed even though I didn't want to and we went and we did it. And it was just such a good reminder that the buddy system can really work when it's sometimes tricky for you to, stay accountable to just yourself like having a little buddy and a little plant or your partner um you know roping them in um can sometimes be really beneficial too 
And I think I think another thing that um, always gets me up that you can't uh, push back is sunrise. If you can mm. go and see sunrise at a, especially if it's a beautiful spot, my favorite spot is Bondi Beach. That is so motivating to get up yeah. and out of bed so you're there by 5.30 because you can't just be like, oh, hey, son, uh, sorry, just want to snooze for a bit. Can you just like hold this yeah. up for a little bit more, you know? Yeah. That's so, so true. You know, if you if you really like, yeah, having a buddy is amazing. But I understand like there there's going to be times where not every single morning is going sure. to be able to enlist your buddy, or maybe the maybe you know your workout class is cancelled or something like this. You know, mm. but sunrise that's going to happen every single morning, and that's something you can rely on. So maybe you can be a, have an accountability as a buddy as sunrise as well. I love that one too. Hey, you mentioned um, pre- just before when we were chatting how, um, so this is back to switching off tech, um, that step, how being on your being on a screen can delay um, how quickly it takes us to fall asleep. How long, I know there's not a magic number, but how long should it be taking us to fall asleep naturally? Like what, do you know what I'm saying? yeah anything below like 15 20 minutes is reasonable if you're spending much more time than that then I would look at what am I doing before bed to um to you know create that experience and I would assure you that probably you wouldn't be doing the uh, bedtime routine (laughs) Um, well of course and so this was what I guess I was getting at is I think it's for some people, or and I know when I've had trouble falling asleep and you're lying there and you're like getting more annoyed that you're not falling asleep and then you just go, oh, screw it, I'll just like get up and get on my phone <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not falling asleep and then that is just going to yeah. escalate the problem. And so if, if people are, um, yeah, struggling to fall asleep and um, they've, you know, done as much of the the routine as possible. Is is there anything in? I heard somebody say this once, and they were not a sleep expert or a doctor. Just some person on TikTok, I think, was like, "The best way to fall asleep is just to pretend that you're sleeping." And I'm like, "That's kind of genius." <laughs> oh, Maz, if it was that easy, I would love to share that. <laughs> I'm sure there's no science to it at no. all, but I was like. No. Is it mind tricking you into falling asleep by pretending that you're asleep? All right. So the greatest sleep hack: how to how to return to sleep, or how to get to sleep when you're laying in bed and you just can't fall asleep. I've got a signature four step plan. All right. Step one: if you're not asleep within twenty minutes, get up. Sounds strange, sounds crazy, but you need to get up because your bed needs to be for sleep and sleep only. And okay. if you are laying in bed anxious, the longer you lay there, the more anxious you'll become. And therefore, mm-hmm. it's even harder for you to fall asleep. So you need to, longer than 20 minutes, get up out of bed, go on, to, go into the lounge. Step two is put blue light blocking glasses on. You're going to be using a light because mm-hmm. what I'd recommend is reading a book in the lounge and in order to see that book you need a light and in order to ensure that melatonin is produced so you can fall back asleep easier then you need to reduce all light so do not use your phone do not watch tv 
Do not use a Kindle, read a printed book or journal. Now do that in the lounge. Then step three, uh, sorry, that's step two and three. Then the final step is only when you are just about to fall asleep, return to bed. So just to uh, quickly summarize, step yes. one, if you, are, if you are awake longer than 20 minutes, being unable to fall asleep initially or unable to return to sleep after waking through the night, get up, out of bed, go to the lounge. Step two, put blue light blocking glasses on to increase your levels of melatonin, the sleepiness hormone you need to fall and stay asleep. Step three is to read a printed book or journal or meditate without using a phone. Mm -hmm. Step four is when you are just about to fall asleep, return to bed. That is a game changer. <laughs> this has been used by private clients who have been able to reduce nighttime wakings from two to five in a matter of days. Wow. That is so helpful because I, I think we've covered just two really big things for people. It's like, I don't know how to get to sleep. So here's a routine that you can try and start, you know, cycling things in and trying things out. And then sometimes I just lay awake and I can't get back to sleep or I can't get to sleep. And I think you've just delivered or something really practical and really helpful. So I thoroughly appreciate your um, obsession with sleep. It has been so beneficial for me in our time that we've interacted over the last couple of years that we've known each other. So I just truly thank you. And I haven't had a chance to thank you in person, but thank you so much for your contribution to my book, which is coming out at the end of June. I just love how seriously you took the task when I said, hey, can you be my sleep expert and talk to the stuff that we've really unpacked in this podcast. So just from the bottom of my heart, that was so generous of you. And I really am so grateful to, to you for your contribution. Thank you so much, Maz. It's so beautiful to collaborate with you and support you in the mission that you are leading. Um, you know, being alcohol-free isn't an easy task for mm. most, but it's something that most people would benefit from and some people it's not a um it's not a negotiable some people have to do this and so i love that you are being a trailblazer for those individuals and a leader for change and i love that i can support that and um yeah support you and your mission and your community with these bits of advice because i know everyone wants to get better sleep so if we know that you know, better sleep comes through less alcohol, and that's another another key to the motivation puzzle and to reduce drinking. So um, I love to collaborate with you and support you. And yeah, if it's you know if it's avoiding alcohol completely, great. If it's just even it's just reducing it, yeah. you know, um, that's both are wins. Both Absolutely. are wins in my book and. I love that this is your mission too. So, yeah, it's beautiful to collaborate with you and I'm uh, excited for your book too. We can Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of books, where can people get your book? My, my book is Bear, Lion, Wolf. Um, that's all about sleep chronotypes, something that 
is a really interesting concept, which is all around your circadian rhythm and understanding how many hours you need to sleep for and your sleep timings and your sleep patterns. Mm. So it's really insightful for those who really don't understand their sleep cycles and why they sleep certain ways and why they can't sleep, for example. Um, best place to get it is my website. Um, and then by doing so, you I can send you out a signed copy. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much, Olivia. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Sounds wonderful, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,